Is going on guys welcome inside the very first episode of big easy in the big apple the destination for the who nation i'm your host chris rosvogel you can follow me on twitter at rosvogel report for daily content on your new orleans saints now for those of you that remember i used to run a podcast called who in nyc maybe not the flashiest of names back then but you also cut me some slack i was 17 at the time when i first came up with it um but this is a totally different podcast while it's still going to be on the new orleans saints we're going to change things up a little bit. It's going to be content that goes from two to three days instead of one episode a week. Um, I'll post live videos on Twitter for you guys when I'm available. Um, and overall, the feel of it is just going to be a lot more mobile, a lot easier to access for you guys. Um, and I think it's just going to be a blast. And the truth is, um, for those of you that remember, I posted out uh, a link to my prior podcast that I made that was Face the Football Facts. And for that one, it was going to be about the entire NFL. And you guys know I love the NFL. I know I know you guys do too. That's why you listen to these type of podcasts. Um, the reality is I sat there and thought about it. As much as I love the entire league, there's no team and there's no fan base I love more than the New Orleans Saints. Um, and I know it sounds cliche, but you really don't know what you had or what you liked until you leave it. And once I was doing daily episodes – um, on other teams, I was like, man, it's just not the same as it is when covering the Saints. So long story short, here I am back again covering the Saints strictly, your New Orleans Saints. And you can find this podcast everywhere for now. It's going to be on Anchor, but they're going to distribute it to um, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, all the big ones. I will make sure it's out there for you guys, um, whether you have an iPhone, Android, um, Google phone, whatever you use now, I'm going to make sure you can listen to Big Easy in the Big Apple. I'm also going to put a nice um, support the podcast page out there. Um, if you guys really want to, I'm not saying you have to. It's just a suggestion, um, a token of my gratitude to you guys. It could be a $0.99 cent a month donation to help me upgrade equipment, shoot for more guests on the show, strictly Saints players and NFL draft prospects and coaches as well for New Orleans. Um discuss on Twitter, have live chats, and also my personal favorite perk that will come with these small little 99 cent month donations is come on the show. I mean, the great thing about podcasts, in my opinion, is not just being able to sit there and spitball facts about a team and predictions, all that. It's about interaction with your followers because without them, there is no podcast in my opinion. And the Saints community has been so great um, to every fan, they've been so encouraging, uh, and they welcome them with every chance they get. I would love to have you guys on the show. And, and now with my current equipment that I have, I can take voice messages. You guys can leave me questions. You guys can debate me, whatever it is. And that's something I'm going to make part of a cool little perk, 
um, for the support page of this podcast, Big Easy in the Big Apple. But enough of this, enough introducing the show. Let's get into what you guys want to hear. And what you guys want to hear is about the New Orleans Saints and what's going to happen in their season opener against the Houston Texans. And I know you guys are worried. Heck, I'm worried. I mean, the Saints have lost five straight season openers. We sat there saying, this is a different year, and they would lose the season opener. Now, granted, this is actually a different year in the sense that New Orleans last year and the year before were a playoff team. The three years prior, we watched them go 7-9, 7-9, 7-9. I mean, like, damn it, it's Sean Payton, not Jeff Fisher. Let's stop going 7-9. But the Saints don't have an easy game ahead of them. They have a Houston Texans team that won their division last year, that made a whole lot of trades the last week and a half, and then have a really good quarterback, who frankly you can't even hate because Deshaun Watson's such a great guy. But the Saints have a chance, and the Saints, as always, should be in this game. But not only is it because the Saints have a great team, a great coach, a Hall of Fame quarterback, the difference more than anything, and I think we're going to be able to see that on Monday Night Football, The Saints have something no other team has coming into this year. The Rams are motivated, sure. And I know, yuck, I brought up the Rams. Sorry about it. I hate them too. Do not worry. They lost the Super Bowl. They want to bounce back. It's human nature. The Chiefs didn't win the coin toss. Thought they could have. They want to bounce back. The Saints were legitimately stripped away of an opportunity to boost up legacies for Sean Payton, for Drew Brees for maybe Cameron Jordan, and it got taken away. And I know it's gone. The the moment is over to talk about the, you know, no call that happened in New Orleans because at the end of the day, if you dwell on something, you look too back in the rear, you look far too back in the rear view mirror, and all of a sudden you lose sight what's ahead of you. And that won't be the case for the Saints team. What will be the case, and I'm hoping we see it on Monday night, and I think the crowd will be electric in the dome. And I think the Saints team's going to come out hot. Is when you're knocking on the doorstep, if you don't quit, you're breaking through that door. And the Saints have a chance on Monday Night Football to prove to the entire national audience that doesn't. it doesn't matter how many times you kick this team down. It doesn't matter if it takes a miracle or a horrendous no-call from the refs to knock them out of the playoffs. They're going to keep coming back. And there's progression to them. And even in their failures, we can sit there as fans. If the Saints win on Monday night, say, I don't care what happened last year. It's a new year. I'm confident. And let's get this one step further. Let's get to the Super Bowl and finish off the deal. Because you can make a strong argument. And the only people that are going to argue with you are the ones that are ignorant about what's good and what's not. And, Um, if rings are the only thing that matters. The Saints have been arguably the best team in football the last two years. They don't have the ring to show for it, I understand. But what they've done has been remarkable. Now, in this Houston game, show that you're still a contender. Shut up, Colin Coward, and all these people saying that the Saints aren't making the playoffs and the Falcons and the Panthers are going to be better this year. Shut them all up. I, I tweet about Colin Coward a lot, and, and I know you Saints fans tweet back, Chris, why are you even giving him attention? Don't even talk about him. As someone who enjoys podcasts, I enjoy listening to Colin Coward, and I respect his job, 
And I respect what he's able to do. Five days a week is not easy for three-hour show solo hosting. It's just not, okay? Anyone who's ever solo hosted anything will tell you it's not. But I think everyone is so caught up in how the Saints have lost that they don't realize they work so freaking hard that I don't think a, a, you know, a failure in the playoffs is going to keep them down. So show them that and show all these people dismissing the Saints. That's fine, but you're going to regret it in January. And we'll talk about this game, and I'll give you my breakdowns and previews and all that in just a little bit. Don't go anywhere because I'll tell you who's going to win the ball game, which X's and O's are going to matter, and which players are going to shine on Monday Night Football right after the break. Welcome back inside Big Easy in the Big Apple. Once again, Chris Rosvoglu, your host. Follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report. I'll make sure to follow you back if you are a Saints fan as well. Now, I talked about it. I got a little bit heart-to-heart with you guys about what the Saints team has been through, what they could go through, and how they can bounce back. But let's talk about the actual game, the actual predictions, what matters. The stat that I told you before, 0-5 in the last five season openers, not encouraging. Understandable. But there's a lot on the line. It's Monday night in the Dome. You're feeling good. Prime time. Chance to show a message and, and, and let everyone know you're a contender. And also, you have arguably some of the best one-on-one matchups we'll see the whole season. And, and when these big players have the chance to show out, they will. The first matchup that I'm going to highlight, and I know you guys have been discussing it like crazy. Um, so you guys beat me to the jump on this one. Marshawn Lattimore versus DeAndre Hopkins. We all got on Lattimore's back for the way he started off last year. He was getting burnt by Mike Evans. He didn't look good, yada, yada. No, I do not think Lattimore is going to shut down Hopkins. Heck, he'd probably give up a touchdown um, and a good amount of yardage. You can't shut down a player like Hopkins by yourself, okay? You just can't. What you need to do is contain Hopkins. You don't let him run free for a buck 50 and two touchdowns. You don't let him dominate in the red zone and let Deshaun Watson have an easy target to throw to every single chance he gets. That's the key. You can let him beat you here and there. You just can't let him beat you thoroughly. And although Marshawn Lattimore struggled, what he did towards the end of last year, he got no attention for it. Part of the reason Marshawn Lattimore struggled is because P.J. Williams and Ken Crawley were playing on the outside. Now, I'll give credit where it's due. P.J. Williams really bounced back nicely and and in the slot was phenomenal last year. But Ken Crawley? We know what Ken Crawley is. He's either a a second away from getting an interception and misses it, or he reels in another big flag. That's what Marshall Lattimore had to deal with. And maybe, maybe, you know, all the uh, Kool-Aid got to him, as people like to say. Maybe... You know, he was reading the headlines and got ahead of himself. But when Eli Apple came in, Marshall Lattimore stepped up. We saw it in the playoffs with the two interceptions against Philly. We saw him play well against the Rams. Show us that you took this camp serious because he looked great. To me, I saw a physical Lattimore who wasn't taking anything from Michael Thomas. Two years ago, Michael Thomas was bullying Marshall Lattimore in camp. This year, it wasn't 50-50, but it was really close. Really, really close. So, Lattimore-Hopkins, who wins that matchup and by how much, could determine a big part of this game. 
I'm going to say Hopkins goes for 70 yards and a touchdown. I think that's a fair amount. I think Hopkins is just so good. It's hard to stop him. But if Lattimore keeps it to 70 yards and a touchdown, the Saints are in this ball game for sure and most likely winning the game. Because I know the Texans just got Kenny Stills. They have Will Fuller. Granted, all that. Those dudes would have to go off for a 70-yard game from DeAndre Hopkins to be enough for the Texans to win. My second matchup to watch for, um, it's big on both sides. It's really big. Not only is it big because you want to see how these guys develop, it's big literally because they're two of the most massive men in the NFL. Laramie Tunsil, the newly acquired left tackle for the Houston Texans, and Marcus Davenport, who we are all hoping rises up as a sophomore. We all saw it. When Davenport is on, he's a wrecking ball. That Washington Redskins versus New Orleans Saints Monday Night Football game last year when Breeze broke the record was one of the best performances we'll see from Davenport. Wrecking the line of scrimmage, just imposing his will, and then he did it on Sunday Night Football against the Vikings. So clearly, Davenport's a primetime player. It's all about putting it together. And he's battled injuries, and Laramie Tunsil is one of the better left tackles in the league, but Laramie Tunsil is one of the better left tackles in the league at run blocking. Pass blocking, he's still good, but it's not his strong suit. And although the Texans traded for him and he's a plug-in guy, like you can just trade for a left tackle and put him in week for the first week of the season, and it should go well for the most part, there might be some communication errors. There might be times where he's not familiar with the playbook, which means we're talking about a chance for Davenport to either catch Laramie Tunsil on a bad week or just show everyone that he's taking that next step. Because if Davenport takes the next step, this whole defense opens up completely. You have two nightmares on the opposing sides of the football. Um, Cam Jordan on one edge, Dav- Davenport on the other. That's hard. That's really tough for opposing um, offensive lines to defend. So that's why I'm looking forward to that matchup. Davenport doesn't need to get a sack. He doesn't need to force a fumble. But you need to get after Deshaun Watson. You need to make him uncomfortable. And Deshaun Watson... God, if I'm wrong, I, I could be pretty sure he he got sacked the most of every quarterback. And let me just check, he did. So, last year wasn't good for the Texans O-line. They did a good job drafting. They got Tunsil, I understand. But there's no excuse why Davenport can't have a big game. I think he's going to have a big game. Because Cameron Jordan's going to get all the attention in the world. I, I mean, if you're not paying attention to Cameron Jordan by now, that's your fault. Um, I know... The Huda Nation is obsessed with him, and rightfully so. He's a stand-up guy, standout player. He's amazing. Um, so that's a matchup to look forward. Davenport, Tunsil. Um, let me know on Twitter. Who do you think is going to win that matchup between those two big forces, um, between a nice pass rusher and a very good left tackle? We're going to keep it on the O-line versus defensive line battle because, again, football's one in the trenches, and these are two physical teams. Um, and, and I think this one might actually be better then the Tunsil versus Davenport matchup. J.J. Watt versus Ryan Ramchek. J.J. Watt, for all the injuries he suffered, bounced back so smoothly last year. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was missing time, comes back, plays almost a full season, 16 sacks. He won't have his running mate in Jadavion Clowney, who, by the way, New Orleans will face in Week 3 when they play Seattle. But Watt's still really good. But Ramchek is really good, too. We're talking about two all-pro caliber players. One's not even in his prime yet. One's exiting his prime, but still a force to be reckoned with. That might be the game changer. Um, For you guys that don't remember, last time Houston and New Orleans battled, J.J. Watt abused Zach Streif so bad that NFL had this mic'd up, NFL Films, and put this out. 
He was telling them, you need to get a new right tackle. I don't want to hurt Breeze, but, you know, your right tackle is doing so bad, I'm going to end up accidentally hurting him. All that friendly uh, trash talk. It was all in good humor, in my opinion. There's no Zach Streif on this O-line. No disrespect to Zach, who at that point was past his prime. Ramchek is a nightmare. It's hard to get past him. I know we all love Teron Armstead, and Teron Armstead is amazing. He's a beast. Ramchek could be better. That's how good I think Ramchek is. And he's going to have a chance to prove it. You keep J.J. Watt out of the game, make him a non-factor on Monday Night Football, people are going to start talking about you um, if they're not already. Um, so I think that's why that's a matchup there that I really like. Now, another matchup, and for me, this is going to intertwine with my bold prediction that I'm going to give in a couple of minutes. Kamara versus that linebacker and safety core of the Houston Texans. I know the Texans have good talent on their defense. I understand that. But who is going to cover Alvin Kamara? I'll wait for someone to give me an answer, and the answer is no one. Because although the Texans have playmakers, you look at their linebacker court. Is Zach Cunningham going to handle him? Probably not. Is Bernardrick McKinney going to do it? I don't think so. I think Bernardrick McKinney, by the way, is you know, a very good linebacker. He's not keeping up with Kamara because Kamara is just too shifty for him. You know what linebackers keep up with Kamara? Guys like Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch or Luke Keekley, Dudes that are freak athletes. McKinney's just not that dude. And how about their safeties? Tashawn Gibson, he's good, but he's not going to be able to cover Kamara. He just can't do that. And Justin Reed, who is coming into his own, has been dealing with an injury this week. He's going to play, but he's been dealing with an injury. So I'm looking at this safety core. I'm looking at this linebacking group. I don't think they have an answer for Alvin Kamara. Most people don't, so don't be offended, Houston. But I don't think they have an answer for him. And I'm going to tell you how good I think this matchup fares for the Saints, how well this matchup fares, excuse me, for the Saints, in just a couple of minutes. But it's a big one to watch. Because if Kamara has his way, the Saints are just going to keep dialing number 41, and they're going to run that sucker all day long until they get the victory against the Texans. Now, before I give my bowl prediction and score prediction for this game, I want to talk about these two quarterbacks real quick and highlight them very briefly for a minute or two. A lot of people said Drew Brees has fallen off. He's hitting the pay to Manning trap where his arm's just kind of shot at this point. Not true. If what Drew Brees showed at the end of the year was declining, sign me up. Because Drew Brees, albeit threw an interception in the first game of that Philly game, when he needed to make the right throws, a fourth down throw to Kirkwood for a touchdown, a needed throw to Ted Ginn to get them in field goal range. Every single throw you needed on the line, he made. And yeah, he threw a stupid pick against the Eagles. And yeah, he got intercepted in overtime and he got hit in the face and the Saints were you know, shot from a route standpoint. Drew Brees played great. And also, I just love how we just skip the good games he had at the end of the year. We love to talk about that Dallas game that he struggled with, but we don't bring up the Pittsburgh one. Drew Brees is 40. Father time beats everyone. So naturally, his arm strength is going to go down. We all know that. We're not oblivious to that. But within a 10 to 20, 25-yard window, Drew Brees, Drew Brees excuse me, is just as lethal as any other quarterback in the NFL, if not more lethal than any other quarterback in the NFL. Because what he does with his eyes, what he does with his shoulders, being able to throw off the defense, get them to go another way, he's better than everyone at it. Better than everyone. 
And a lot of people criticized Drew Brees and said things that they're probably going to regret once week one rolls around. And I just don't get it. As for Deshaun Watson, you guys know how I feel about Deshaun Watson. He's an outstanding quarterback who's going to continue to grow. Can the Texans keep him healthy? That's the question. But you're going to see some great throws. We all talk about Mahomes, and woo, does that boy make some insane passes, no-look passes, throwing to the, you know, to the left while he's rolling the other way. He does it all. Deshaun Watson makes some pretty throws too from the same draft class as Patrick Mahomes, only two draft selections after. By the way, a little fun fact, Marshall Lattimore were sandwiched between Mahomes and Watson in the draft. He's going to have a good game, I think. And it's good for the Saints defense and the Texans defense. They're both going to be challenged because week one, you're going up against two top 10 quarterbacks. But seriously, all that Drew Brees slander, it's got to go. I don't understand where it came from. Don't understand why it's still going on. Um, But people will be uh, regretful of that decision that they made early in the year when the Saints play on Monday. Now. Before I give my score prediction, let me give you my bold prediction of the game. And I alluded to before, Alvin Kamara is not going to be able to be, you know, stopped by this, this Texan defense. I know they have talent. I know they have a good pass rush. They don't have a linebacker or safety capable of covering Alvin Kamara. And guess what? Your corners are going to be busy with Michael Thomas. Your linebackers and possibly a corner will be busy with Jared Cook. You can't forget about Ted Ginn and his blazing speed and Traquan Smith could be a sneaky wide receiver three this year if he took that next step quietly and flew under the radar. So that leaves us with Kamara, man. And Kamara, it might be you know wrong of me to say this, I think he's the best player on the New Orleans Saints. Outside of Drew, who's obviously the most important, Kamara might be the best player on the Saints. And when he wrecks a game, he destroys it and takes over, and the Saints win every single time. So that's why I think Kamara's going to have a great game against a... Texas team that's outmatched against him. And my prediction for Kamara is he goes for 150 yards from scrimmage and three total touchdowns. That's going to make fantasy owners happy. More importantly, that's going to make the Houdet Nation happy. And that will make me happy as well to see Kamara shine on Monday Night Football to open the season in the Saints-Texans game. And with that being said, I have the New Orleans Saints winning. 31 to 27. I know that's a high scoring affair. It might even be higher, actually. Um, I was talking to a good friend of mine who also has a Saints uh, podcast, Andrew, who does the Who That Discussion. Another um, excellent choice if you're looking for Saints content. Listen to that as well. And he said, and we were discussing, this might be a 30 30 ball game, like around that, that ballpark there um, with both teams scoring in the 30s. It could happen, but I'm going to go 31 27. I know the Saints have lost five straight openers. I know. Eventually, trends are broken, things are rewritten, and also, and I'm not comparing the two situations at all, but the way the Saints played that night, they reopened after Katrina, a lot of people said they just can't lose, there was that vibe. Totally different circumstance, I understand. I think the Saints crowd, though, will be so energized and on their feet that we're going to be watching this game going, there's no way we could lose. There's no way these boys could lose. Um, And that's why, for me, I know the season openers are scary. You have to trust the Saints. You just have to um, in this scenario. And we'll see if they pull it out. I think they will. 31-27. Drew Brees is going to have a game. Alvin Kamara with three touchdowns and 150 scrimmage yards. We'll probably get a couple of Michael Thomas flexing in there. Um, And if they do, all that talk about the Saints falling off, you'll see everyone start backtracking on their words um, because a win over the Texans 
who should be a playoff team this year, would be a great way to start the year and reestablish the dome dominance that ran through the entire year, minus that game to the Bucks last year. Um, but anyway, it's going to be a great game. I am super excited um, for that one. Good stuff, as always, with this Saints roster. Now, that's going to do it for us on the very first episode of the Big Easy in the Big Apple podcast. I want to thank you guys so much um, for listening. If you listened to my podcast for, before, welcome back and thank you for sticking around with my content. If you're new to it, subscribe to the podcast if you enjoyed it. Tweet uh, tweet at me, message me. My DMs are always open. Um, if you have a football question, of course, feel free to ask me. Don't come in with some weird questions. Um, and we can talk football. I'd love to talk Saints football on game day, after the game, um, during the week. It doesn't matter. You can shoot me a text. You can shoot me a message, and I will definitely respond to you um, about that. But that's going to do it for, for us here on Big Easy in the Big Apple. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned for more content from this podcast. And most importantly, Enjoy the season opener for our Saints.